In today's solo, Eric Sanchez shares a difficult story about how he had to cross the Rio Grande seven times and almost drown in order to start his journey in living the American dream. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the Do Zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. Stop thinking and start starting. Jessica Dennehy. DZ Tribe Josh Thomas. If you haven't already, check out thedozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and overall, just a really great bunch of human beings looking to get more stuff done. Once again, that's thedozone.com. Today's guest is going to be really interesting because we're going to tell a story here. His name is Eric Sanchez. He is an immigrant and has transported himself into a successful entrepreneur living the American dream. And uh, I am dying to find out why he got chased by helicopters. Uh, and I'm sure you are too. So, but Eric, welcome to the podcast. Say what's up to the DZ tribe and tell us something up, you believe up? is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Beautiful, man. Thank you for the intro. It is an honor to be here. I hope I uh, get to inspire somebody. And the question you are asking me now is, I believe the key of success is to obviously always lead yourself with a higher spirit. So I'm a firm believer of a creator, uh, whatever you want to call it, the universe, God, Jesus Christ, you name it. I believe in that higher power that has given me the gift and the ability to do things and to be very persistent and just continue to do the work even while the results are not there, you know? So for many years, I was putting the work, I was getting the results, not to the point where I felt, you know, I was getting all the results that I wanted for myself, but I just kept going at it, kept going at it. And then one day things started really changing for my life and for everybody else surrounding me, you know? So um, I think that if you want to get the blessings, you need to also go through the struggle, through the difficult moments, that is going to build your character. Awesome. Well said. Yeah. And it's, it's been said before. There's, there's a, there's a movie that came out a few years ago. It's a, it's a Pixar animated movie um, and it's called inside out. And it's about the, uh, the five different emotions personified that live in this little girl's head. You know, and they're going through all this. Uh, it's 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 pretty clever. You know, they take a ride on the train of thought. And uh, the interesting thing about this movie that I, it, I feel like a lot of people miss, even though it's kind of hitting you right in the nose, is joy or the happiness emotion was kind of that first that first feeling. And then sadness shows up and, and joy doesn't like sadness. No, you're supposed to be happy. No, don't be sad. You're not supposed to ever be sad. And she kept coming back because the girl was struggling and struggling and struggling. And Joy was like, no, happiness will solve everything. And then she exhausted all of her resources with the happiness at the end of the movie and realized that she couldn't solve the problems. And that's where sadness kind of tapped in and said, hey, I got this. 
And what really, what the girl really needed was she needed to feel the pain. She needed to feel that struggle because that balanced everything out. I was watching that movie, man. And I'm just like, I'm a grown man with a beard and tattoos. And I'm just like, you're crying <laughs> because, you, you, because it's exactly you're crying what out loud. you're talking about, man. It's exactly <laughs> it. You have to, the only way that you can appreciate something good yeah. is to appreciate something it, that's not good. It, you know, it, it really goes back to the concept of duality. Um, I think a lot of people, they need to really study spiritual laws and, um, I'm, I'm very big on that. You know, I think everything has duality. You know, uh, you can do a good thing and at the same time that can be bad. And you can do a bad thing that at the same time is good. You know, so as an example, you can give something to someone that does not, is not really ready to get that. And they can do a lot of bad things with that. You know, like people asking for money, you can give them money and it's a good deed, but at the same time, it might be bad because they're going to continue their addictions and everything. So like people just need to learn from duality, you know, like for many years, um, I, I went through a lot of struggles and, and I think that if you're not going through challenges right now, you're not really living life because I'm in a really good position right now that people would love to be. And I think people can definitely be here, you know, and I'm still going through daily challenges. I'm still going through adversities. Uh, and I just keep reminding myself where I come from and where I'm going. And I'm also reminding myself the journey is everything that's why when i launch my podcast it will be trust the journey you know like the journey is everything like trust the process the journey is everything and i, I really want people to focus more on the journey than the actual destination uh because what happens once you get once you get there you know you're gonna be like oh is this it like what's next why am i feeling empty i thought if i had that thing i was gonna feel different why do I not feel any different? Why do I still feel like I'm lacking something? The real abundance to me does not come from the money that I have or from any of the things that I have. The real abundance comes from within me. And I always knew I was rich. I always knew that I was wealthy. I always knew that it was a matter of time for all these things that I had internally started actually working in the external world. You know, I, I really don't look at things from the outside and, and, and within, like, I'd really look at things from the inside out, you know, and, and that's really the main thing about this matrix that want to keep you a slave to a system, to a way of thinking, and even your own self. Sometimes you create these matrices, you know, like you create this belief in your mind that limit you to become the person that you were meant to be. You know, if I said when I came to the United States, I'm an immigrant, I'm never going to amount to nothing. I'm just going to be like everybody else then I would have created a self-prophecy for me. But self-fulfilling prophecy. It's yeah, a, that's, it's a self-fulfilling it's so, prophecy. so powerful, man. The, the idea that you get to decide who you are, good or bad, is, is something that's lost. And, and it comes from this concept of a, uh, a victim mentality. Well, I grew up in a poor home. Well, I'm an immigrant. Well, English is my second language. Mm. Well, my dad used to beat me. Well, my dad wasn't there, you know, and there's, there's all of these reasons and there's all these justifications that you can make for not being the person that you're capable of being. But in the end, all you're really doing is avoiding responsibility. 
because and, none of those people were responsible for your success. You are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people, the more responsibility you take, the more blessings you get. One of my friends, he, he said, these people want the privilege, but they don't want to work hard for the privilege too. Mm. You know, and um, one tip that I'll give to everyone is whatever you're at right now, appreciate that. Like if you are currently working at a job that's paying your bills, appreciate that. Because when you get your own business, if you don't have one already, then everything that you do here is what you bring to the next project that you're going to have in life. So I'll, I'll give you a story here. When I was a server, I started working as a bartender. I'm actually as a, as a bus boy. And I was 18 years old. I needed money. One thing about Hispanic parent is that they actually teach you how to go make it on your own. They don't give it to you. Like my mom, she could have helped me buy me a new phone when I was young. She could have maybe buy a car for me. But she was like, nope, I'm not buying that for you. You got to get it and figure it out how. So I was like, hey, I need to work. And she didn't let me go to work right away either. She said, you're going to go to school. You're going to go study. First you learn and then you earn. So she always put those thoughts in my head where, hey, you come to the United States to study. And then once you learn the language, you do the next thing, which is go to college. You know, during that time, I needed the money. So I started working as a busboy and I was making $6.25 an hour. Woo! You know, <laughs> they were literally killing me, you know, but my first check that I made was probably about $300. And after taxes, I probably got like 180 bucks for the whole yeah. week. And I worked more than 40 hours for sure. You know, but I took that opportunity as a learning curve. I was like, you know what? Like, I got to pay attention to the servers because I know they're the ones that are making the money. So I got to pay attention to what they do, how they communicate with the clients. And because I'm not just going to be a bass boy forever, I'm going to go to the next step. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. You know, I got another job later on in the future. And I told them I have experience as a server. So I got hired and I started making $9 and 25 cents an hour. So I gave myself a $3 raise within six months Hey, that's because I went for the man. next thing. <laughs> that's a 50% I went to the next race. thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I saw that the actual money was in serving tables at restaurant, not at catering halls. So I went to restaurant and lowered my payment to $5 an hour instead and started making tips. And that's when the whole mindset of getting commission started hitting in me. Like, hey, I make more money if I provide a great service. So I'm going to do that. And I started actually going more into that route. Then one day, my manifestation finally worked in my favor, and I became a resident of the United States. As soon as I became a resident of the United States, I actually got an opportunity that I can change my life forever. And it was not solar energy. It was actually something else. It was a business-to-business -business campaign. I was selling a product that I disliked a lot. <laughs> Most women do love that product. It was actually makeup. Yeah. Well, unless... Let's let's get into that because I think I think that's a really good arrival point. Can kind of this this struggle you you got to the U.S. You had to learn the language. Your mom said, "Hey, I'm not going to give you anything. You study, you learn, then you earn." And you found some. It's opportunities. not that she didn't give me anything. She gave me enough. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, right. yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah. You you got enough to do the things you need to do, and. And so you're going through and you start to see opportunities and you're positioning and leveraging yourself to get these opportunities. But let's take a step back because your path to get here 
was the ultimate struggle. And uh, it's, it's something that I personally, I can never understand fully because I have never had to deal with it, but I have a ton of Latino friends. I have a ton of friends from Mexico and South and Central America. And I have seen firsthand the struggles that they go through and face, even with, even when they do everything right and fill out all the paperwork and have all the proper credentials, even still, a lot of them get treated like second-class citizens. But your path here was treacherous. Kind of, let's back up and talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly do not mind at all. And it's something that I am proud of. And I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this. So pay attention. Um, a lot of people think that immigrants or uh, people coming from other countries is a bad thing for the country. And it might be to a certain extent. But when you get people like me that come here to create multi-million dollar companies after being here for a long time, I've been here for now almost 11 to 12 years. I have accomplished so much in, in, in 12 years of being in the United States. So uh, it all happens like this, man. One day I'm in El Salvador, I'm hanging out with some friends. And the reason why they brought me here is because I was not in the right path back back then. You know, I was literally uh, at the age of 12, my mom decided to leave the country for a better opportunity for my siblings and I. And I still remember the day when my mom left and I'm like, please don't leave, you stay. We're gonna eat beans and eggs and plantains every single day. I don't care, I'll figure it out, a way to make it happen. Cause it's always been that in me, you know, that I love giving. And I remember my uncle sometimes coming home and he'll give me five bucks. And then with that five bucks, I'll go and buy food for my mom and my siblings. And I'll stay with $1 and the, the feeling of giving, the feeling of having that responsibility of seeing my mom happy was always there within me, you know? So when she left, I'm like devastated. So for those three years, I was trying to find ways to, to grab attention, you know, to, to, to seek for that. And I started seeking for that attention in the wrong places. So I started getting into really bad habits, like drinking at a really young age, getting wasted, like really stupid, wasted, drunk, you know, I started smoking cigarettes at a very young age. You know, I started smoking pot at the age of 15. I started hanging out with people that were doing all these things. And I was the youngest one. They were all like 25, 30, 40. So I started really getting a lot of bad experiences and I'm like a sponge. Uh, whatever I put myself, I'm going to absorb that as quickly as I can because I'm also a student and sometimes you can be a bad student. So back then I was a bad student. I was learning all the bad habits, all you the were bad good things. Student. You were a good student, just about bad things. Exactly. So, you know, thankfully um, my mom made the decision to bring me to the United States. So one day uh, I received a phone call from my dad and he said, hey, where you at? And I'm like, hey, um, I'm hanging out with some friends. Uh, he's like, listen, don't lie to me. I know where you at. I pay for a detective to chase your ass around. I'm going to confine you and I'm going to fuck you up if you don't make it right now. I'm like, OK, daddy, I'm coming. You know, and, and it was like the craziest uh, race ever in my life that I'm running to my house to make sure that I get there before my dad gets more mad. And as soon as I get there, my dad gives me the news. He's like, hey, you're going to the, to the United States tomorrow. Te vas para la USA. He said in Spanish, te vas para la USA. Or like, mañana te vas para los Estados Unidos. I'm like, what? Like, and, and you want to know my response? Tell me. 
I'm like, dad, why didn't you tell me so I can actually make a party with my friends before I leave? <laughs> because you were already, you, you know, were still thinking about the party. That's why I didn't party, tell you. you know? <laughs> so he's like, because I knew that if I told you, you probably would have gotten wasted with your friends. And, you know, so you're leaving tomorrow. I'm like, man, I can't believe it, bro. I had everything back then, you know, and I always had everything that I needed. Like my, my parents, uh, thankfully, they had a very good position on my dad's side you know he has very good position financially we never really lack of anything and even on my mom's side we never lack of anything because she will take those sacrifices to give all those things to us you know so I remember her before leaving uh, the country to come here for a better opportunity she will take us out to eat to uh, pick pizza hut you know and she will literally waste 30 percent of her entire income to take us for one night to make us happy wow. and like that's the type of mother that i have and her and work ethic to the roof she will actually had to take uh no bus because she had no money to pay for the bus and she will actually had to walk from where she lived all the way to her job and it's probably like three to five miles to almost 10 miles every single day just to make that one night count for us so and and that's, i didn't know and- those things yeah, yeah, and that's and that's knew. that's one of the things. Like, so you think you think you didn't know those things? People in the United States don't know those things. Uh, I've spent nowhere nowhere near as much time as you, but I have spent a decent amount of time in Latin America. I have a lot of friends there, and you don't even understand. And this sounds like it was 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in Mexico in March of 2022 like less than a month ago and there are there are educated people with college degrees that are taking jobs that are paying ten dollars a day yeah and it's what there is and they find a way to make it work and they find a way to live their life i don't know how i still don't know how and i'm like trying to figure it out but i see people with law degrees yeah that are um, taking a job for $400 a month, you know, and, yeah. and it's, that's, that's what you're, there's, there's so many things that you're escaping, but that's, that's kind of one of them is there's, it's just economic opportunity will just, it will crush you because there, there hardly is any. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it goes back to being resourceful and, and, and being like a scavenger, you know, mm-hmm. like, like you gotta, you gotta be, like a scavenger, man. Like you got to grab as much as you can with what you have. So uh, that's one thing about my people that I love is that no matter how people here in the state think that they got it bad, I think my people think otherwise too, because the level of richness that they have and happiness is so much more than, than what most people have here, even having so much more money and supposedly a better life, you know, and you don't know what you don't know until you know what you don't know. So I uh, love my people so much because of the work ethic they have. A lot of people, what they need to do is get a husband or get a wife and actually live, um, you know, from her salary and your salary combined. Now you're making about a thousand bucks a month to maybe a hundred. And that's how they get to live. And obviously they don't go out to eat a lot. And if they have people here, if they're lucky to have people here, they'll maybe get that extra 300 $500 a month you know, uh, that they're sending down there, you know, uh, but they always figure it out way, bro. Like that's the yeah, last right? thing that they're going to be really worried about. If you don't have something to eat, one thing is 
Uh, you can always go to a family member. You're always going to find food. And one thing about uh, Central America or South America is that family are very close to each other, you know, so the connection is there and there's always going to be somebody that's going to want to give you a hand, you mm -hmm. know, to help you out. So that's, yeah. that's a good point right there. So, so, so back to your, you know, just, just to kind of give some, we take it for mm -hmm. granted when you're kind of surrounded by it and you see it all the time, but, uh, but, but a lot of times we just don't understand if you haven't been there and you haven't seen it and you haven't known those people that are going through it and you're like, wow, it's, mm -hmm. it, it really is a different world, but I've seen all of the things that you've mentioned as well. I've seen people that, you know, don't have two nickels to rub together and they're some of the happiest people I've ever met. And so, Absolutely. but just really understanding like this is now you've discovered like, okay, mom is blowing 30% of her salary so that we can go out and have a good time because that's the disparity in the, in the ability to earn income and versus what things cost. And, and so you're going to the, you're, you're going to the USA, you're on your way, take us what happens next. Yeah. So I received that phone call from my dad and, you know, then I got picked up. I obviously didn't come here, you know, in a, I didn't come here legally. I came, I, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't come here legally. I came here illegally. Um, you heard that right. You know, um, and the funny thing is that I was going to be a U.S. citizen. My mom was pregnant in 1993 with my dad. They were here. And I always I always joke about this. I always laugh. I was conceived in New York City and I was born in El Salvador. So for me, uh, you know how people they buy shirts here in the United States. And then if you go in the back, it will say made in El Salvador. Yeah. Right. So for me, it's the opposite. It's like <laughs> made in New you know, York City. It will be made in New York City <laughs> and bought in El Salvador, you know. So nice. um, I have a really dope story and I wouldn't change it. I'm proud of being the person that I am. Uh, no one can say something to me that will make me feel some type of way, you know, uh, and if they judge me, it's because they have something within themselves that's expressing something about them and not me, you know, because a piece of paper is not going to define me. Um, I always used to say my status is illegal, but not me, because I cannot be an illegal when yeah, you know, I live in a in a in a world where where the the laws that man has made are laws that I understand and I have to play the game. But at the same time, I leave some superior laws that are the spiritual laws. And that's how I feel I became a citizen because I always had that in me where I saw myself for being this guy that has access to the entire world. And now I can travel anywhere that I want. So mm -hmm. when I was coming in on my journey, you know, to, to the United States, um, I was already trying to learn how to speak English, you know, when I'm going through Guatemala, when I'm going through Mexico. Walk us, walk us through where you kind of in a, in a, like a caravan or. Uh, no, no caravan. No, hell no. No, no, no. <laughs> we paid top dollars to get here, bro. Okay. It was probably more than $20,000 to get me here. Okay. Wow. I tell my mom, I'm her biggest investment that she's going to get the most dividends ever. And yeah. the best ROI that she's going to get because I take care of my mom. You know, I do everything that I can to take care of her. And she's not retired right now because she doesn't want to, but she will be. If she tells me I want to, I'll make it happen. You know, but we're the type of people that no matter what, we never want to be feeling like we're depending 
from someone else. We like to have that, you know, like people have this mindset that immigrants come here to take from the government. I bet you were the last people taking from the government because we don't like that type of dependency on, on someone else. We like to have that freedom and that empowerment that we decide what to do with our money and how we make that money, you know? So going back to your question, um, I got picked up by someone that is a coyote, you know, uh, I, I went through the whole situation of getting from El Salvador to Guatemala. Then I crossed uh, Guatemala from El Salvador on a bicycle. They gave me some really dirty clothes. So I kind of looked like one of those guys, you know, um, that, that lived there like a local. And that's how I got into Guatemala. And then a few days later, you know, I got to Mexico. And then a few days later, I'm already crossing the river. And that's when it got really crazy, you know, because I had to cross the river seven times to get here. And it wasn't the most fun thing ever. Seven times? Why seven times? Because uh, I'm counting the times that I had to go back to Mexico to not get caught by immigration. Okay. So one time to go, come back. That's literally two times now. Another time to go, come back. Another time to go, go back. And then the last one that we finally made it. I literally, the third time that we're crossing, I'm seeing another group go faster than us. And they immediately got caught by the immigration. So we got lucky. So I went back, you know, I don't know anything about how the United States laws work. I, I know absolutely nothing. I just know that I'm coming here. Maybe at that time, if I knew, I would have just let myself, you know, be taken by immigration. Probably my process of getting my papers would have been a lot faster than they were. But my main goal was that I was not going to let myself uh, be caught by them. So okay. the, the first day that we tried crossing the river, I was almost this close to get to get caught and, and, and get taken by them. You know, um, and I almost drown myself. Like Ooh. I'm almost drowning, like like almost drown myself because uh, I was following this other guy, and I had some very heavy clothes because it was a little cold. So I put like a long sleeve shirt that absorbed all the water. And thank God that I went to private school in El Salvador, so I li- I literally learned how to how to swim. So I'm a be- I'm, I'm a very good swimmer. You know, I will not die because of that. So I was able to get myself out of the situation. Um, and as I'm going right next to, uh, the, the, uh, the sand, like right next to like, like the place where I need to get out of the water. Right. Um, there's a big rock. I pull myself up. I rolled over like this and I literally went in between a big rock that looks like a, like a potato, Uh like a hot baked potato. And I'm in the middle And, and, and I'm literally panicking. Like, I don't know what to do, you know, and so you're stuck there. I'm stuck there. Okay. So I started breathing, you know, and then my consciousness, which I believe is God told me, relax, take a long breath, put yourself with this hand and get yourself back in the water and swim closer to everyone else. And I literally had an immigration officer like five to maybe 10 steps away from me, you know, so I did just exactly that. And I'm here now. So, you know, I I learned to listen to that, to that voice from very little, you know, so then moving forward, I made it. Uh, I got to uh, Laredo, Texas. Where's the, where does the helicopter come in? That comes after. Oh, okay. Okay. I I don't want to ruin your story. You know, keep going, keep going. (laughs) So they, my mom gave me like, my dad and my mom, they gave me money so I can have money as I'm coming here, you know, and when I was already um, in the river, 
between Mexico and the United States. Uh, I thought that I had already made it to the United States. So I started spending all my money that I had <laughs> and I started buying everybody takis and, and, right. and, 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 and sodas. And then I was like, damn, like I thought I was already in, you know, yeah. and uh, when I finally made it, you know, I got here, I stay another two more weeks. And then uh, the day that I'm supposed to go, you know, we're going uh, in the highway and there's like about five to maybe eight people. We're going on a GMC car. Everybody's laying down. There's no seat on the car, completely no seat. So everybody can lay down and, and just lay lay over like that on the car, right? Mm -hmm. And um, out of nowhere, we see that the the lights goes on for, for the the immigration uh, officer, you know, like we, we see those lights in the back, like, and I'm just like thinking, oh no, fuck, like. Like, man, they're going to get us now. Like, fuck. And then the guy, he was probably a gringo, like always, you know. <laughs> yeah, I say right. that we love. Um, and he didn't care. So he said, hey, listen, guys, I don't care if I get caught. Uh, he speaks Spanish, too. So he was like a Chicano or something. So he said, I don't care if I get caught, you know, um, but I'm going to do the best for you. And I'm going to go as fast as I can. And then as soon as I stop, you guys start running into the desert. And he just did oh that exercise. So he went as fast as he can. He he made a few turns, and then he got on a really straight row, extreme extremely straight row. And adjacent to that road, there's a railroad. So mm -hmm. there's a railroad that that we had to go over. And then there's a fence that has a bunch of those spikes, so that you mm -hmm. can get through. You know, so I had to go through that. As I'm going through that, I get I get a little stuck with my shirt. And, and my shirt get caught into that. And I had to kind of go a little hard on it. And I kind of scratched my back a little bit, you know, and that's how I got into the desert. So as soon as we're in the desert, we're running in the desert, you know, and it start getting not, it start getting late. So the sun start going down. And then once we know the helicopter is looking for us in the desert and, oh, you know, uh, we're literally there just laying like not, not even laying down. We're like sitting like this, you know, yeah, just, crouched over. In and this was, this, over, was yeah. in, this was in South Texas? No, this was in Laredo. That was yeah. in Laredo already, yeah. yeah. Okay, and so, they, and so somebody tipped them off that there was a bunch of... No, I don't think that it is that they tipped them off. I think that, you know, you just randomly get picked and they okay. see that GMC car has no seats and they probably, I don't know if at that time they had all the technology that we have now. You know, uh, I just know that they picked on us and they were chasing us, you know. So thankfully... Uh, Nobody got caught. And then. So you're hiding seven, in the desert. The helicopters are hiding chasing, in the desert. Looking out for you. Keep going. Helicopters chasing on me. Um, when I was laying over, I looked right next to me and there's a freaking big scorpion, you know, a scorpion right oh. next to me. They're, they're really big ones. Like the, the ones that are really big and dark, you know, Ooh. I'm like, Ooh. yeah. And then there were a few snakes too, you know, um, um, the, uh, what is it? Cascavel, I think it is. Uh, you know, um, yeah, rattlesnake. There were a bunch of different things, man. So, anyway, long story short, I have to uh, walk and run for almost seven to nine hours without water. So at that time, all I can think of is, I need water. I need water, and I cannot wait to really drink a glass of water that maybe I never appreciated ever before in my life as much as I'm about to do right now. I feel like I'm dying and I need to drink some water, you know? So then uh, we got picked up 
um, I lose my shoes inside of a bunch of mud. You know, I lose one of my shoes and then we get picked up and then we get dropped off at the new location. And these people are crazy, man. They're like, hey, be careful because in front of us, our neighbor is an immigration officer. I'm no. like, what the <laughs> a fuck? Like, you guys are wild. Like, you know, we just get yeah. picked up here and you clearly have the, at that point, the enemy, you know. Well, the best like, place to hide is in plain sight, you know. You know, so... Um, I remember getting to the house uh, and, and they had a, a gallon of orange juice and I immediately finished that in like oh. less than five minutes. It was that thirsty, bro. Like the thirst yeah. was real, you know, yeah. I was that thirsty. <laughs> so then finally, boom, the next day we try again. And that day we thankfully were not chased by helicopters. It took over 15 to 20 hours of walking to get to San Antonio from Laredo, Texas. Wow. We literally did all that. You walked you know, from Laredo to San Antonio? From what I remember, you know, at that time, yeah. like, remember, I don't know any of these names. Like, I kind of sort of remember, you know, so I, I believe that I was from Laredo to all the way somewhere close to San Antonio. Yeah. And then from San Antonio, we got picked up. And then because there's there's a gate that you got to get through once you get to the United States, there's still another gate. And that's the one that's the most difficult one, not yeah. the river. You know, the one that's right there, that, that gate that they call the Garita, that's the one you got to get through. And it's yeah. really extremely hard to get through, you know? That's right. Yeah. There's um, a, there's a perimeter around about 15 miles from, from the border where, uh, where the U S government can basically detain people for any reason. And, and they put right on that border. If for anybody that's ever been to South Texas, uh, going down there, no problem. But if you're coming back, they stop every single vehicle Mm -hmm. and they ask well they just ask well hey are you u.s citizens and if you say yes you're gone but if you say anything else then they are obligated to follow up sometimes you go to this thing called second revision and it's yeah i mean it's a mess yeah and it's very difficult and they're very serious absolutely it really is it really is and for all those people that might say hey go back to your country you know, I think a lot of us would love to go back to our country. And the only thing that's different right now than what it was in the 1800s is that the United States of America had completely wide doors open for everybody to come and build this great nation. This nation is built by immigrants. And the only thing that changed from me and people and, and other people's ancestors is the fact that back then this thing was open. Anybody could come. Anybody can come from Europe. Anybody can come from absolutely anywhere. You know, so I just think that ignoring is a blessing. And a lot of people that don't know these things, you know, they just don't know what they don't know. So I'm glad that I get the opportunity to share this with you here because what would happen if I didn't come here, right? Like think about all the money that I have been able to help other people make, which is what we do now. I focus on helping creating six figures earners. And, and if this immigrant didn't build the business that we have today, all these people wouldn't have the opportunity that they have today. So I made it one, my one goal to avoid another Eric to go through the situation that I had to go through and my mom, because that's the way we fix this mess is by giving jobs and employee and, and giving employees an opportunity down there to make more money than they make at their current company. I'll tell you, these people are more competent than a lot of people here, you know, and, and not, and more than that, they're not lazy people. And I have people working for us right now, uh, working with us right now, and we pay them double the salary that they will be making in El Salvador. 
you know, and I'm very gl glad and grateful that I went through everything that I went to, through today so that I am in the opportunity to give people the opportunity to not have to go through what I had to go through with my family because I don't want another person to go through these things. You know, um, if I can create wealth and keep them where they at, you know, I'm fixing a big problem in the world, you know. I think it comes back to, first of all, before I say anything else, I want to acknowledge what what a terrifying and thrilling and inspirational story you just shared. Thank you so much for that. Uh, you were sincere and you you gave a perspective that probably most people have never had about what it's actually like for somebody to travel here from Latin America illegally and all of the challenges that you have to overcome, not just the legal ones, but I mean, the at language any moment, barrier at the language barrier. <laughs> and at any moment you could have just died from exhaustion or been killed oh, yeah. or, or anything. And, and that sadly probably is happening right now, man. You know, sadly it is happening right now. So people got to appreciate what they have here. Uh, the one thing that is different about this country than any other country is the credit system. We got a good, we can literally go and get, a line of credit right away and start building a business out of nothing. That's a gift. That's a gift that we don't have down there. People yeah. can easily go and get a credit card. Like you don't, you don't know a lot of people in, in South, South America or Central America getting a credit card that easy. It, it don't work like that. But at the same time, I'm so glad that I seen both coins because I also see how the system here is lay people away with their life because they're literally trading their entire currency or time for money, which is something that my people down there have a lot of time, but not so much money. So in one way or another, there is a lot of different forms of slavery that I've been able to observe, thanks to the fact that I have lived two different realities, you know? And even back. when I got yeah. here, I have questioned absolutely everything, everything, question everything. I always question everything. It you know, and right that's back to that duality that you were talking. It about all comes back to the duality because, because once, of the because of that struggle that you had, you were able to truly appreciate the success that you're sharing, and you're able to share that with others right now. And the other kind of point that you were making there is there are all kinds of different forms of slavery. There's economic slavery, and then there's also this emotional slavery, if you will. Like you, you said, like, I know a lot of people that have zero dollars, but they're very happy. And I know a lot of people that have a ton of money and they'll never be happy. Yeah, absolutely. So getting to the happy part of the story is yeah. that I, I graduated high school. You know, um, a lot of people doubted me. I love people doubting me, bro. I love people thinking that Stoke that fire. Uh, I won't do something, you know, like I love when people underestimate me. And it's a, in a way, I think, I don't know if it's been like that for you in your life, you know, um, like people always questioning the things that you're about to do. And that's a gift. If you have people right now doubting you, if you have people right now uh, questioning you, criticizing you, that's a gift. That's a blessing. You know, all that energy, you can use it in your advantage because you can change negative energy to positive, you know, and I learned how to do that very well, you know, so I had a lot of people that were questioning me, 
Because even when I got here, I started going back to those habits that I had. I started drinking again, you know, not right away because my mom will definitely <laughs> fuck me up, you know. But once I started working at the catering hall, I had access to alcohol again, you know, I started hanging out with bad apples. So here's what my mom did. My mom at that time literally kicked me out of the house. But instead of kicking me out of the house, she left the place that we used to live together. And she made me pay half of the rent for the place that her and I and my siblings used to live. Mm. So I was paying about $700 already on rent or 500 at the age of 18, 19, already paying half of my rent. And I kind of started liking having that freedom because now I can bring my friends at any time that I want. You know, I have my own room. I'm going to high school at that time. I graduated high school at the age of 19, you know, so I love that my mom has always prepared me for the next step because she knows the value of responsibility. So then I ended up leaving the house completely. And then I'm like, mom, are you going to help me with the rent? And she was like, well, I didn't tell you to leave the house. So now you're on your own. You got to pay everything because where I left you, where I left you at, I would have continued to help you. But since you left where I left you at, now you got to pay. So then at that time, I started paying my own rent and no more help from mom and everything. So I had two jobs. I'm going to high school. I graduated high school and then I go to I go to college, you know, because uh, I was a firm believer that my parents are everything to me, even to this point. Uh, and my grandmother, too. I give her all the props for the entrepreneurial spirit that I have today in me because she was a big entrepreneur in El Salvador. Like she made millions of fucking pesos back there, bro. Like colones, you know, like I'm I bet you my grandmother had a million dollar at some point in time. And unfortunately, there were a lot of things that happened that that's going to have to be for another day, you know, but. I wanted to make my dad and my mom proud. So I ended up going to Nassau Community College for one semester. I signed up. I pay out of my own pocket since I didn't get any help from the government, you know, and I ended up realizing that it wasn't for me. And here's where that thought came from. I always wanted more. I didn't want to make you 60, 80,000 a year. I want to make 100,000 in a year at the time, you know, but I'm like, how much do these people make? Oh, they probably make like 75,000. Well, if they make 75,000, how can I learn to make 100,000 when they're not even making 100,000? Yeah. And that's when I started questioning the educational system. And that's when I decided to completely drop out of college. And I went all in into personal development. You yeah. know, so I, I read books like Think and Grow Rich, I Win the Devil, and, you know, and like I started really, really expanding my mind to the point that my ex girlfriend at the time even left me because she started thinking that I'm crazy because I'm telling her that we've been that we've been lied this whole time about what is possible and she's just looking at me like yeah you know and how how many how many people listening right now can can relate to that and a relationship ending because the other person cannot see past their own nose or whatever they've been told or taught or anything like that you have to understand that in the U.S. right now, I haven't seen the exact tally, but we're somewhere around 350 plus million people in the United States right now. And we can't feed everybody and make them all happy and make sure that they all have a nice place to live and make sure that they all have all the things that they want. And so what we have to do as a society is we have to kind of indoctrinate them to be a cog in the machine. We have to kind of create this 
I, I, I'm, I'm promise you, I'm not getting political here, but we have to create this kind of welfare type system where it's like, oh, well, somebody's got to take care of me. And the, the first place where you learn that, the first place where that starts is in school. You go to school and you learn how to sit in rows in alphabetical order. And you learn how to regurgitate the things that they tell you are important. Like uh, I can remember vividly from school that there was this thing called the Pythagorean theorem. Why did I learn that? We I don't know. have a clue. But you know what I wish I would have learned? I wish Credit I would have learned about compound interest. Taxes. You know? I wish I would have learned about how, how do I invest money and make it grow. But that's not, can, that's can not the imagine? thing that they want you to learn because you can't be a good soldier. You can't be a good worker bee if you're those worried are, about Those this. are the things that you got to learn to do on your own by joining secret societies. No, I'm just kidding. You know, but the secret <laughs> society that I join is Apex, you know, so I am an honor Apex executive. And uh, I believe that's where I met you, you know, and so everything that you're saying is 100% on point, you know, and, and luckily, I always been a very curious person. So I started going into my spiritual awakening at the age of 21. You know, not suggesting anyone to do anything here, but I started, you know, doing things that will expand my mind, you know, like psilocybin things and things like that, that really open up my mind to think, to see things differently, you know? So like, I, I, I'm going to go back to the point that you got to always question absolutely everything, you know, and I believe that's the key and the secret of the success that I have today. And also understanding the law of the spiritual world, subconscious affirmations, you know, and just learning to go through the process, you know? So even after getting my green card and, and doing all these amazing things, I still struggle, bro, you know, because I didn't have financial literacy. So yeah. in 2015, uh, when I told you I got my green card and, and you asked me to go all the way back to my past on how I got here, you know, um, I made 20,000 in a month after going through this experience of selling makeup in the streets. You know, I was selling makeup in the streets, in the Bronx, in Queens. I even went to Four Knox to sell makeup. And that was the last day that I sold that product. I hated the product, but it was the, the, the first day that I understood what I was missing. So mm -hmm. for anybody listening to this, the one thing that I was missing was embodying my personality and owning that shit, owning who I am, owning the person that's within me, the spirit in me the conscious in me that wants to only express positive and abundance and generosity and good things and, and really own it, whoever you are, own it. And, and that day I took the decision to own that, my accent, uh, my lack of maybe sometimes not expressing myself the best way. But on the other side, I have so much more, you know, and I started owning it. And that's when things started moving. So that day I was the top representative for that company. I sold the most bags of makeup and I was making about $8 for each bag. And I made about three to $400 in the trip, 300 to be exact. And I, I, like I said, I was in my spiritual day. So I was all about buying crystals and things like that. So I bought this crystal right here that supposedly was going to bring me success and happiness. And I think is labradite and like a bunch of other things that has like that weight length of abundance and success and all that. So I bought this for literally $200 and I only had 300. So that means I only stayed with a hundred, 
um, only a crazy person will do that, but you got to be crazy if you want to be successful. You got to go against yeah. the rational thoughts that you have in your mind in order to create irrational results for That's the right. average person, well for said. the average person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well said, man. And, and, and anytime I'll say this, and this is something I learned later in life, but anytime that you're making an investment in yourself, it's always going to produce a return because right now you don't miss those $200. And right now you are benefiting from whatever benefits that buying this rock created. If nothing it's just else, a rock, but if, I believe the anchoring process or the thought behind me believing this right. rock is going to amplify whatever it is, you know, it, it actually happened. If nothing else, the fact that you could tell the story about that moment is worth, you know, way more than the 200 bucks you spent at the time. And so I've always been a fan of I'm 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 buying results, I'm buying experiences, I'm buying future stories. And and that's where it is and you're like, okay, I made 300 bucks and I and I spent 200 on this rock. What? And and I and I've done that multiple times. It's the best times, decision bro. ever, man. Best decision ever. I done that multiple times. Like challenge yourself, even if you don't have a lot, go to an expensive restaurant. Like go and spend the last 500 bucks that you have on a nice dinner and stay with a hundred bucks. Like it, it, it takes to be that type of person because once you put in the position where you have no other choice, but to go produce and figure out a way to produce, mm -hmm. you're going to figure out a way to produce. I done that so many times, you know? So once I got into solar, I made $20,000 my first month. I went back to El Salvador. I spent like $3,000 in a week. I took my dad out, you know, and then the first six months of solar, I made around 65. Second year, I went to make uh, about 85 to 90. The third year, I go back to make 25. How the fuck that happens? You know, it happened because I made the wrong decisions to switch from one company to the other company that promised me the world, that told me that everything was going to be better for me. And in fact, It wasn't. They took so much time to get my jobs completed. So I wasn't getting paid the same way. And I started making less money, but my liabilities started going to the roof. I had a nice car that made me look like I, I'm kind of rich, like I kind of have money, you know, and I'm paying almost a thousand dollars a month for the car on top of the insurance when I only have a $5,000 income a month? How can I survive on that when I'm literally using almost 60 to 70% of my income just to kind of barely make it? And I, asked, I also made my mom very used to me giving her money all the time. So I had to find a way to come up with that. So for two years, I struggled so much and I wasn't able to get out of that lump until one day. And, and it goes back to changing your environment. I made the decision to leave New York, to go to Massachusetts, so that I can finally change my life for once because all the voices that I had around me at that time were negative and sometimes are your closest people, sometimes are your friends, you know, but they're not doing this to discourage you. It's just that they are, they are as stressful as you are because you are the source of helping them. And, and now the light that you had at that time is completely off and they just want to see that light come off again. But it's really hard to turn that light on when there's so much darkness around that you have to switch that light and go to a new place. So as soon as I moved to New York, I stopped hanging out with all my friends at the time that I needed validation in a way for them to tell me that my dreams were going to come through. I started making money again like it was before. So boom, I started making money again. I got like about 20 to 40,000 in my pocket in literally a month. I went and I used that money 
invest that money into my call center. And now we have a call center headquarters with four floors, over 45 people functioning in the call center in Colombia, you know, and that turned into something extremely amazing. It's a six figure business as of now, but at the same time, I built my solar business and that turned into a seven figure business, which now we're on our way to eight figures. We sold over uh, eight to $10 million in solar, you know, so we're extremely honored to be in this industry. And it's only the beginning and it's been one step at a time. Yeah. So wow. if you yeah. can learn something from my story is that the journey is everything, trust the process, change your identity, learn to be exactly who you are as well, own it and learn to adapt. First you learn, then you earn. The more that you learn, the more that you earn. That's why I spent six figures last year between Apex, the Avengers and all these other groups so that I can rewire my mind and everything that I wanted to do for me and change my myself, you know, and, and who I am today. And yeah. that's why I'm here today with you sharing this amazing story that my ultimate goal is for people to just find something that they can grab on and say, you know what, if that guy can do it, I can do it too. And it's not yeah. to diminish myself to, to say that, you know, something about me, but it's just that we're all the same, bro. The most humbling shit that you can do is take a shit in the morning, you know, as a human being. Like, <laughs> I, one of my mentors said that, Well, <laughs> you know, and yeah, we all, everybody, everybody, poops, you know, man. But, you you know, know? I, I think speaking, speaking of what, you know, everybody that, that was a, there was a very inspiring story from top to bottom, just everything that you've been through, everything that you've been able to accomplish. You know, I, I want to kind of crack open the noggin here and, and jump in to see a little bit about how you tick. Let's get into the do zone diagnostic. Okay, let's go. Uh, just rapid fire. First thing that comes to mind, just quick hit answers here. What's one thing you do that keeps you focused on your goals? I write down my goals every day. Nice. Good stuff. Affirmations. And, uh, and how do you get back on track when you lose that focus? I take a vacation or I go back to my family and remember where I come from. And I have the talks, the conversations that, that sometimes you don't want to have with yourself and really be honest to yourself. But at the same time, uh, don't, don't make yourself feel like you're not doing what you're supposed to. Because if you make yourself like you're not doing what you're supposed to, then that's what's going to be. Yeah. I just take it as part of the process. You know, I'm just happy that I live the life that I get to live every day and that I get to do what I want to do every day. Nice. That's great. And uh, you already kind of touched on this a little bit, but who is your support group and how do they keep you accountable? Yeah. Shout out to Apex. My support group is, you know, family of choice, uh, Eric Gonzalez, uh, Danny Avila, Roberto, Alice, Dinero on Instagram. They're my best friends. Uh, a bunch of go-getters that are also running multi-million dollar companies. Darian and Steven, you know, they're one of my closest friends. And of course, you know, uh, I give a lot to uh, Ryan Stuman for, for doing this amazing community that he put together. And my coach, Mike Claudio, uh, for always bringing a new perspective. And to my mother and God for always uh, believing in me, you know. Nice. Hey, and never forget your wife, too. I almost did. So I yeah. love my wife so much. She's been there in I've, every I've single met your part wife. of my She's process a very lovely and my lady. journey. Yes. So shout out to the solar queen, you know, Doris Sanchez. Uh, she's been there with me. You know, she's been a big supporter, big investor, a big believer, 
And one of the things that I love about her is that she keeps me grounded. It's like, bro, I can literally make a hundred grand in one day. And she'd be like, oh, cool. That's nice. Like, there's nothing that I can do to, (laughs) there's nothing that I can do kind of like when it comes down to money that will impress her because she's not very like surface level. She's all about core level. And, you know, we're very almost the same. So she's a big supporter that always there and always believe in me, you know? So you've, you've been through so many trials in your, in your, in your very short life, you're a young guy and you've, you've lived 28, you've lived multiple (laughs) lifetimes already. How do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? Great question. I seek for counseling. Think and Grow Rich says that if you don't know how to do something, you find the people that does. So you go to the expert, you pay the price, and you get a shortcut so that you don't have to uh, give the most valuable thing you have, which is time, and, and you get there a lot quicker. You know, like I'm humble enough to allow myself to know that if I don't know something, I ask for help. And if not, then I just find a way to figure it out on my own. You know, there's always a solution to it. There's There always is. You know, and I feel like every project that I have taken right now so far, I've been able to find a way to to solve them. And it's always a matter of time when it comes to problems. You can always uh, identify them, discuss them, and then solve them. So we use that IDS system, which goes back to the EOS system, entrepreneur operating system. I wish I knew about that when I started my business about three years ago, um, you know, because I would have put all my processes in place. I'm the CEO of a company. I'm the co-founder of another company and uh, I'm the visionary of another company. So I own three companies right now. We own the solar company, the call center, and we're also doing coaching, you know, for the people and whatnot. And I'm starting a lead gen too, like where I'm going to sell H data and things like that. Um, So how I've been able to do all those things by delegating a lot of delegation too. You know, I delegate problems. I don't want to deal with the problems all the time. I don't have to be the guy that's fixing all the problems. I will pay people to fix these problems. Let me focus on the vision. Let me focus on bringing the talent and let me focus on getting the money somehow. I'll figure it out. I'm the jockey that people wants to invest. You know, that's That's my mindset. Yeah. And that kind of really leads into the last question here. What is the number one pro tip that you would give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? Yeah. So I will go with the motto, fuck your excuses, uh, start where you are, uh, leverage what you have and trust the process. Just know that you have exactly uh, what it takes to get there. You know, you don't need absolutely nothing else but what you have. Uh, when I started in, in entrepreneurship, I literally had only $20 in my pocket. When I got in the solar industry, I had absolutely nothing I had that 20 bucks, my work ethic, which is my biggest strength. I went out there to the marketplace. I did the work and that's how I was able to get the result. So just don't overthink, just do it and make it happen. Uh, Like they say, you know, imperfect action is better than perfect action. You'll never get it perfect. Like it will never happen. Just get it done. Nice. That's what will be. Such an inspirational character, sir. Eric Sanchez, really appreciate you. Where, where can somebody reach out and connect with you if they want to connect? Yeah, absolutely, man. So you guys can find me on my IG. Uh, it's Solar King without the I because there's no ego in my shit. So you find me <laughs> as Solar KNG. Everything I do has something there, right? Like yeah, right. I'm a character, man. I know, I know, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, you can find me in Solar King, Solar KNG, um, you know, go there or you can go to our website as well, uh, www.initiate.solar. 
you know, and that's uh, our website for one of my businesses. And that's where people can find me. Very good. Awesome. Well, you certainly have inspired me um, to uh, to make sure that I don't make any excuses the next time that I'm doing some gringo shit. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Eric Sanchez, uh, for those of you who want to reach out and connect with Eric and you uh, were affected by him st- his story in some way, I encourage you to find him on Instagram at Solar King. That's K-N-G because there's no ego in his shit or whatever he said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what exactly what i said i said solar kng without the i because there's no ego in my shit so you know like the i identifies <laughs> yeah, you I you know it, it's just uh i don't know if it's corny yeah. or not but like yeah so people you can go find me in solar king um and i'm also looking for the phone number here that you can text directly if you have any questions so it's uh 214-531-6138 you know, that's uh, our phone number directly. Somebody from my team uh, will answer you, you know, so that's the phone number there. 214-531-6138. Use, uh, put the name here uh, of the podcast that we had and, and just the let me zone. know that you, you that the Duzon, you know, and just say, Josh, you know, I heard you from him and we'll, we'll take care from there, you know? Excellent. Well, we're going to wrap up from here. Uh, thanks again, Eric, for being on here and for sharing uh, the, the harrowing journey and the, and the fruit of you. your labor. Uh, so you Absolutely. can connect with uh, Eric at Solar King KNG on Instagram, or you can visit his website, initiate.solar. If you're a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, head over to thedozone.com for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. You can also join our Facebook group of the same name. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at the do zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into the do zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? (laughs) Go do something already. See you next time.